please note, the opinions and perspectives expressed on the following show are solely those of the host and their guest. These opinions and views do not reflect Ruckus Avenue Radio or Dash Radio. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Much love to everyone who's tuning in from wherever you are in the world. Okay, so Jaya, you know how you interrogated me a couple of weeks ago? It's my time. (laughs) I'm so excited because, okay, so for our listeners, I know we've kind of like touched upon this briefly, like Jaya will mention it, but everyone should know that Jaya was, because she's not going to mention it because she's very humble. She was one of the first British, she was actually the first British Asian female to be signed by a major record label. And when I say major, I actually mean a major record label. Um, She has literally been representing us brown girls for like years and in places that we're rarely seen because we are not seen in the music industry like I'm not even gonna lie I fangirled when I found out that Jaya wanted to chat to me because I was like oh my god like she's toured with some really sick artists like talk about being like a pioneer in her field so you know what I really want to know more about everything because I love music and I'm sure everyone else does as well and I just love how humble you are because the only thing you chat about is your cats so (laughs) Now it's time to find out about this other side to you that you rarely chat about. You've made me emotional. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I could see you getting all emotional. I was like, I'm just going to keep going and ignore that. <laughs> That's so nice. No, it's really nice. Thank you so much. But yeah, it's true. Humble. <laughs> but honestly, it's true. Like, you do remain humble. And I think that's really, that is just something to note because a lot of people will do what you're doing and it'll go to their head. And no one likes an arrogant person, but you're just so chill with it. So, you know. I never say this because I'm quite cold, but... <laughs> I know. <laughs> From your dark, cold heart, I thank you because that was emotional. Thank you so much. Aww. What do you want to know? Okay. So I just want to know, firstly, like, what made you want to enter the music industry, like, as an Asian female? Yeah, my sister is, like, the biggest influence in my life. So when I was young, I was really, really shy and really awkward. Like, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't have any friends. And oh, no I was just basically yeah just following my sister around like her shadow because mm-hmm. she was just so confident so feminine and just like you know like Beyonce she was in my eyes Beyonce and she Aww. used to be really singing so one day I used to like she got me into writing so I used mm-hmm. to have diaries from when I was really young and yeah. because I didn't talk I would talk to myself in my diaries and then writing diary entries turned into poetry and then that turned into songs so okay. when I was about 11 I wrote my first song and she heard me singing it to myself and then she kind of forced me to sing out loud because she was like I didn't know you could sing yeah and so from then I just kind of was like okay I just kind of started thinking about music but I never thought of it as a career right until I was like 16 17 mm-hmm. and then so how did you know so you were writing your own songs and stuff like how did you get go from that to getting a record deal because <laughs> that's a you know what? yeah everything mm-hmm. just happened so like just in but you know by chance sort of thing like mm. I really wasn't expecting it because I was so young when everything happened I, you know when I got signed I was about 20 years old yeah so it's like over a decade ago yeah and it was more so I think people just started hearing about me so I would I was working with Naughty Boy he was like my first producer that I ever worked oh, with so, yeah he's a person that really developed me so for like two mm. years I would just he would make these beats and I would literally just write 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 mm. and then from then from there people started hearing about me and I think the fact that 
um, I had a voice like a, I did, and then I was Indian. You yeah. know, people weren't expecting me to look the way I did or be Indian, so they were mm -hmm. just intrigued. And then um, I, I used to demo as well. So I used to like, people would want someone to kind of um, sing a song that they had written or produced and then they would right. pitch it to other labels. So I had um, demoed this song, mm -hmm. um, it had gone to labels, but then the labels were like, actually, who's this girl on the track? Yeah. So the track that got me signed was never meant for me. It was just a song that I did as a favor to somebody else, like a producer that I was working with. And oh then they God. just wanted me to get signed to the label. So yeah, everything kind of... Like it wasn't until years after that I was signed that I really sat down and reflected mm -hmm. on what happened to me because it was like a whirlwind. And mm -hmm. at the time I didn't have an opportunity to really understand what was going on and what was happening. So were you kind yeah. of just, you were just in the moment and you were just like going for it and being like, yeah, do this, do that. Like, did you get creative control or were you kind of told um, you got to sing this? I just think, do you know what it is? I had the most amazing manager um, mm -hmm. and team at the time. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know who I was. And when you don't know who you are, you give space for people to tell you who you should be. And yeah. that's basically what happened to me is like they wanted to turn me into like this pop princess. And the right. songs that I was singing is like, I'm an R&B girl. Like I love R&B music, Sufi music, like gospel mm -hmm. music. And the music that I was recording was so far from that. But right. at the time, you're just grateful that someone signed you and like yeah. you're doing this as a, as a, you know, career as a living. So mm -hmm. I just, I never really spoke up or had put my two cents in many things. I just kind of did what I was told. Okay. Um, so yeah. Oh, so what about like, obviously touring, you've toured with like N-Dubs, Pete Andre and stuff. Yeah. And tell us more about that. How was that? The touring? Oh my God. Do you know what? That was probably like the highlight of my career because that yeah. was for me the part where I didn't know what it was like to be on the other side of things. The things when you when things don't work out, or where your mm -hmm. your label drops you, and then you have to really do the hustle and the grinding. So I just kind of was in this like fantasy place within my career where everything was new. And, you mm -hmm. know, I was experiencing things like a little kid in a candy yeah. store. So for me, that was like the highlight of my like career was doing that tour. Um, where did you go? Like, did you tour? Was it in the UK or? It was just all over the UK, yeah. So places oh, okay. I've never been in my life, like Scarborough. I don't, I've never been in Scarborough in my life. <laughs> we got there, yeah. And it was wicked because we went to like all these universities and schools. Yeah. And it was just like all the, you know, at that time, Endos were like the biggest thing. Yeah. So to be on tour with them and Dappy, can I just say, he's the nicest like person. It just, okay, he was good. so supportive. Yeah. And yeah. When, when we'd be doing our sound checks, he'd be like there, like, you know, championing me. Mm -hmm. um, championing, championing me. God, I can't even say the bloody word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just so. It was so cool. Really, really cool. So you did it. See, so obviously, with the whole end up. So were you like opening for them then, basically? Yeah, I was opening for them for the, whole, the whole tour in the UK. Mm -hmm. How was and that when the first, like, so the first gig you did with them? How was it? Must have been. Uh, you must remember how you felt, right? Or yeah. yeah. I just, do you know what it is? I just felt like, I just felt like a little girl. And I was just like, you know, I just didn't think these things were happening. Like I just kept mm -hmm. pinching myself because I genuinely just, it was never in my wildest dreams. I ever thought I would actually be doing this as a career, like so yeah. young. Mm -hmm. I just remember just being so excited, so nervous. Like you know, I have this thing, like I've got the nervous pee. Where it's like oh basically God, I've got nervous when I get nervous. So before I'd go on stage, my manager would be like, all right, Jay, you've got five minutes to pee, you've got 10 minutes to pee. Because I just couldn't, I was just so anxious and nervous. But yeah. there's something that happens that when you go on stage mm -hmm. and when you first start singing, it's like, 
I experienced that first at home because my dad is like a, a babu and when yeah. we pray Hindu culture like you know you just sit there and sing pajans all the time yeah yeah and mm-hmm. that was my first experience of how music affects me mm-hmm. where it's like I start singing and this is how I know that God exists because mm-hmm. I am in a world of my own and the voice that comes out of me, I don't know where that comes from. Like I've never had training, but it's just, I go into a place of my own and it's like my euphoria. Like there's yeah. nothing that makes me feel that way mm-hmm. apart from singing and being on stage and music. Like it's just, it's my thing. And I think everybody has that gift. Yeah. Everybody has that thing that makes them feel that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was so amazing. I love it. Oh, I love it. So, I love okay. about it, yeah. Oh, I can see it on your face and your energy, right? I now. know because I haven't, haven't thought about, I haven't thought about these things for so many years. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. So it is, it is really nice actually to go down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, people that can't see Jaya's face right now, how that energy is right now. It's great. <laughs> yeah. anyway, but it's kind of a different vibe. Um, okay, so finally, what would you tell people out there that are listening and want to get into the music industry? Like, what advice would you give? Like, three tips. Yeah, I would say spend time figuring out who you are. When mm-hmm. I got into the music industry, age was, like, a really big thing. Like, you had to be young. Like, nobody wanted an old singer in hot shorts, like, you know, <laughs> doing three counts of eight on stage. But now, it's not that. You can be mm-hmm. any age. You can be, like, you know, there's people starting their careers in their 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. So I would say take the time to find out who you are as a person, who you are as an artist, mm-hmm. and don't think that you have to sign to a big record label because things are so different now, and you can really kind of own your own art, own your own creativity, yeah. and do this independently so I would just say believe in yourself have that confidence go through the journey take your time and and also be really realistic as to what it is like to go through this industry because nobody Mm -hmm. sat me down and said you know you're going to deal with depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and you're going to deal with rejection every day you're going to be told you're not pretty enough you can't Mm -hmm. sing you're not good enough and to deal with that sort of um, 21 yeah, well, I was doing it from when I was 17. So I had, yeah. I was dealing with the fact that you have to basically audition every day of your life. Every yeah. moment music is like you're auditioning to prove mm-hmm. yourself and prove yourself worthy of this career. Mm-hmm. And you have to have really tough skin. And I think the difference between people who make it and don't make it um, is that you just, you either have tough skin or you don't. Yeah. It will break you or it will make you. And mm-hmm. just, that's why I say take the time to really build that foundation within yourself, do the work so that when you step into this industry, no, nobody can shake that. And for me, my foundation is like my faith, mm-hmm. my family. Like the reason I'm able to be humble is because I, I, I'm constantly reminded at home of like what it has taken for me to be this confident person, be this creative person, to do all mm-hmm. these things. And I never, ever, not in one ounce of my life, ever lose sight of that. So yeah. have that foundation before you try and step into this industry. Oh, thanks, Jay. No, we love it. We love you for it. We love the fact that you're so humble. I love it. It's brilliant. Thank you, Jay. And I'm going to be putting out more music, so... Oh, yeah. When, that's a, when is it coming soon? Yeah. Be I've been saying it's coming soon for about 12 years, but I don't know when it's going to come, but I'm just... I'm in the process of recording. 2021? Girl, I don't know. You'll be the first one to know. Don't worry, Mira. <laughs> um, I feel like I have a choice. Ask me every, every bloody choice. I do. <laughs> But yeah, it is going to come. I'm just, it, do you know what it is? It's the first time in years that I've actually even felt 
like I want to sing and I want to write again it's taken me a long long time yeah because it, it just going through that journey just finished me I was just like I don't know I have nothing left to give you <laughs> I have nothing left so um I've done a lot of work I've learned a lot of things I'm 32 now not a little girl anymore yeah so I have it. like I have I'm gonna do this my own way now and how I've always wanted to do it so I'm really excited I'm oh really, I love really it excited. well on that then guys wait for it new music is finally coming i don't need to keep on asking jaya now we love to get a male's perspective on things so we thought we'd ask a very stylish artist to come to our show and talk about all things dating and music He's open for the likes of Jeremiah, Tiger, Yogotti, and his first solo single, Nukra, was an absolute hit. Since then, he's been giving us tune after tune. Yep, that's right. Today, we are joined by the very handsome Harpreet Singh, aka Happy Singh. Welcome to the Madhouse. How are you today? Hey, good morning. How are you guys? We're yeah, so we good. I should say, like, Happy Singh and his beard, because I feel <laughs> like I saw him when, I, when he came on, like, your beard needs its own Instagram, its own, like, identity, passport. It's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. We it's love it. beard game. We like love maintenance. it. Is there a lot of, I know you like, digress into the beard, but is there a lot of maintenance that goes into that? How do you get a look? Actually, not at all. As um, soon as I wake up, I just have to kind of brush it out. And it's pretty much like having hair if, on your head. If you, you know, shampoo it too much, it gets dried out and it just goes, mm -hmm. it has its own um, brain. Like, you know, yeah. exactly. So just have to maintain it. Yeah. Ruckus Avenue Radio. That's I love I that. We're such girls. We're like, we want to talk to a guy. And then the first thing we ask is like, so, what about your beard? What conditioner do you use? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Isn't it? Bringing it back to like, obviously the music, of course, we loved Happy Hour and Melovich. And obviously you've recently dropped Elite. So like, when are we going to get another album from you? <laughs> I'm actually done with dropping albums. I wanted to oh. get them kind of out the way. So I have like a, you know, if, I get new fans and stuff. They kind of have a catalog to go to and it's just not like one or two songs, mm -hmm. but we're dropping songs pretty much like back to back now, whether it's like once every two weeks or once a month. And we just want the songs to be big and like powerful, whether mm -hmm. they're, you know, um, club songs or just, you know, driving in the car or real deep songs. We just want to focus on each individual and want to give it our all every time now. I love that. And you can tell from kind of the songs that you've released that you really just do have your hands in so many different pots and you've got so many different vibes and you're really just out there trying to connect with, you know, different talent overseas and, you know, where you're based, which is LA. And I love that, that you've got this international feel because, you know, us on the show, we're not about trying to put Asian people in boxes. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like your kind of music is so worldwide. And um, what are the main inspirations behind your music and what inspires you to go to the studio and create? Because you do like so many different types of vibes, as, as I can see. Yeah, it's, since I was a kid, I've been listening to like Power 106. It's one of the biggest radio stations out here. Yeah, and it. they played like they play everyone and mm. everything. So it goes from like, you know, being in middle school, high school, I heard Punjabi MC on the radio with Jay-Z mm. and that opened doors Cute. for me. But I mean, at yeah. that time, I didn't know I wanted to be a musician. I was just like, yo, this is crazy. And then to a point for now, they play like J Balvin Ozuna. They play all Spanish and they mm -hmm. play... You know, all, so I pretty much, when I've been listening to the radio stations as a kid, I kind of just pulled all that in. And I, I little did I know, I kind of made it into myself and the artist I am today. Amen. 
Oh, I love it, Power 106. I ain't going to lie. When I get to LA and I hire my car, the first thing I do is put it on the stations. <laughs> yes. I know. They also, it's the, you're, you're right. When I went to America, that's one of the first things I realized. I was like, their radio is so much better than the radio that we get. And you yeah. hear so many different types of genres and vibes. And it's just, America is that space where it is so eclectic. You've got like Spanish people, Indian people, Mexicans, like everyone kind of living in, in this big country. So yeah. there's so much mixture going on in terms of cultures. And absolutely, I guess that you can really see that in your, in your music. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then right now, actually it's crazy that ever since I went to London in March, I came back Mm-hmm. It's like I brought the London vibes with me. I'm just kidding though. But like yeah. the London vibes out here are big now. Like there's a yeah. lot of UK artists that are being played out here. It's crazy. Yeah. I, was like, I love that. Thank God. Which yeah. UK artists are you feeling at the moment? Um, damn. I don't really. It, the, the guy who sang that song, Joanna, that's a dope song. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> Joanna. Do you know that is when I, I was in Canada last year that song was on the radio so much and I was so because for us Afrobeats is like it's it only really got big in the last couple of years but it's the kind of song that he made is very like close to our hearts because it's a very mm-hmm. UK song yeah. and the video and everything so when I was in Canada I was like is this how you lot are carrying on like you're listening <laughs> to Joanna yeah. Was, yeah I love that yeah he's dope he's dope he's very dope yeah, that's a proper tune. Okay, so obviously it's dating and relationship show, so of course we're going to start asking you on that side. You kind of gave us an insight already with your collaboration with Dill Mill for Straight From The Dill series. So, okay, let's say you're on a dating app. What keeps you interested when you swipe on a girl and it goes from chatting on the app to actually like on the phone and actually going on a date? Like what tips would you give out? I would say just coming from all the relationships relationships i've had i would say that the person person should be like equally interested in you as much as you are there shouldn't be any type of chase so if you're messaging and they're taking extra long for some reason every time or they're not you're the one always calling them or trying to get a hold of them there's there's kind of like red flags so i feel like there should be some type of like boundaries like no one i'm not going to be chasing no one yeah i'm, I'm the worst for music. that i'll make the guys being, chase me without being awful. sassy <laughs> without being yeah. sassy i'm just trying to say like it's not kind of a turn off basically yeah if you have to chase yeah them. oh so you like mm-hmm. to chase you a bit you don't mind um i i like to be you know i'll give attention (laughs) yeah i'll give attention back because i feel like that'd be messed up if i don't even if i'm like not attracted to the person i would want them to feel like a human you know and just give them some type of attention oh okay i feel like you're so cute and you've got such a player vibe but he's like but i'm a nice player and i care about people yeah exactly and i care about you (laughs) damn it you're on to me you guys are the worst (laughs) You're the most dangerous men. <laughs> the spiritual players. <laughs> <laughs> spiritual players, I like that. They use God as like the right hand. That's yeah, good. literally. Happy thing. You lot, listen, girls, be prepared. You lot don't know about happy thing. <laughs> and spiritual vibes and spiritual games on everybody. Um, how would you say that you manage your music and dating career? Because obviously it can be quite difficult when you're in the public eye. I'm yeah. sure you get... Like we spoke to another girl, Natasha, who's so lovely, and she uses dating apps. And she was saying, you know, sometimes you think they're going to like search you on Instagram before they talk to you and just have all these preconceived ideas. So how do you balance it? 
Um, I keep music first, so oh. it kind of like I've I've wanted this forever. You know, I I prayed for this, I dreamed for this, I mm-hmm. sacrificed a lot of things for this. So you know, this kind of comes first. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. up there with God. It's like God and then music and then mm-hmm. like with family. And what about your mom? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> My mom, yeah, yeah, my mom's up there. She's like, you know, it's like mom and God. Like and then God, music, Drake. I'm like, where's your mom? Where's your mom? Yeah, mom's up there. Your mom's, mom's waiting on the side, like with her slippers in her hand. Like, oh, you didn't oh man. After I gave you life. Oh. So, but you put music first. So do you find it like challenging to find people that understand what your lifestyle is? And how has it been in relationships in the past? It's, it's, it's broken a lot of relationships. I mean, um, just cause you know, certain people want certain amount of attention and stuff. And I just, you know, I'll be very clear in the beginning, like, Hey, this is what I do. And before, like I was a kid, I just wanted attention. So I'll chase girls and want to be like, Hey, like, it's all about you. But now I'm like, I'm finally putting myself first. Now you're cute. You're like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my beard grew out. I'm like, wait, who this? Man? <laughs> <laughs> so, got a little, I didn't have to go to Dr. Miami to get a face, you know? Like, yes. Just, oh, um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Are any of your songs like inspired by exes? And like, do you usually get, if so, do you ever give them like a heads up and be like, oh, I've done this song, it's kind of about you? Oh, yes, Mira. Mira is like, <laughs> I'm not like, in there, sorry. <laughs> no, I love from, it. Uh, yeah, People from Happy know. Hour, um, the song Games. That was pretty much for the exes. Oh, why were they playing too many yeah. games? Do they know it's about them? Do they miss you? Like, um, hold on. You know <laughs> <Hold> what? On. <laughs> I don't talk to any of them. I'm pretty sure I burnt oh. bridges pretty bad. Happy oh, thing! Yeah. Damn, what are you oh, doing? You, you have to, side of him, not so you know, see, that used to be the old me. That was the old me, and, like, um, I used to drink back then, and I was pretty mm-hmm. toxic, so, like, I would find toxic people, yeah, friends, okay. relation, and it would just be, like, a ticking time bomb every time. Mm-hmm. Well, we should. Oh, you, well, thank you for being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like acknowledging it and like learning from it and stuff. So. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That's how you have to live. You have to learn from your mistakes and just grow from them. Do you have any funny like dating stories that you can share? Oh my god, I have too many, but <laughs> we got time. He's out here on these streets. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's like, which one <laughs> should I? Tell so when I was um, when I was a kid, I borrowed my my boss's truck. Oh, okay, because. You know, I didn't have a car at the time. I'm like, hey, can I borrow your truck? I want, I have a date. I'm going to go, you know, take somebody out to, to dinner. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, take my my Pathfinder. I'm like, the wobbly one? Like, you can't give me the nice car? And he's like, no, uh, take the Pathfinder. I know, because like, when you said took my truck, I was like, not a car, a truck. Okay. Yeah, it was an SUV. <laughs> and it had this thing where it was, it's called the death wobble on, a, on that particular year. So when you go like 50 miles per hour, the car starts shaking. Oh. <laughs> this one so, with all cars in India, basically. So, yeah, it's, it, it was, it's like also a cool kind of. It was horrible. And then, so once I picked up, picked up the girl, this is like the first time. And I'm just like, Hey, like, like, I don't know who she is yet. I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to take you out to, you know, get some food. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I look at the gas tank. I'm like, Oh, cause I'm like new to driving. I'm like, Oh man, I got to put gas in the car. So I pull into a gas station and then turn the car off and then the car wouldn't turn back on. So oh, I'm shit. like, okay. so like I figured this out, but then I don't know back then I didn't know anything about cars. So I'm like, what, how do I even like, do I tell somebody any help? And then some guy kind of was like, Hey, like your car's not turning on. 
And like, he's like this bigger guy. And then he just comes out and he starts like connecting the cables. And I have no idea what cable goes where. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm not like, man. <laughs> I, 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 should, I just like got out and sat in the backseat of the car while everything was happening. Because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> reflecting on yourself. Like, what is, why? What's happened to me? Did you oh, hear yeah. from a girl I, again? Like, what happened yeah, to Then did you hear from was, her again? She was just kind of looking at me like, you know, was this plan? Like, what's going on? Like, she kind of, like, we really got in the awkward place because it's like, I'm pretty sure we're both new to dating. So mm-hmm. we're kind of like, oh, like, we don't know what we're going, what's going on. So the car turns on. We had sushi after. Never talked again. Never saw Oh, oh no. Yeah. I feel like that was a sign though. God's like, you know, this is not going to work. Like, you know, yeah. what I, mean? so I just took that as a, like that kind of a thing. whatever move on vibes. Like yeah. <laughs> what do, so what do you like? So, you know, like when it comes to dating and stuff, what are your like turn on? So what are the first thing you notice in like females? If they smell good. These. If they smell good. Are you oh. on the people that like when you hug them, you whiff, get a whiff of their hair? <laughs> yeah, like I know. I feel like I usually like. He's a hair sniffer. Just, I'm joking. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something wrong with you. <laughs> For some reason, people like to give hugs right after they go to the gym or something. So it's just like oh. if you smell good, it's kind of like I've hugged a lot of people where they don't smell good. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a turn off until it happened. And I'm like, oh, this is a problem, you know? Wait, in the gym though, or on a date, someone doesn't smell? No, no, no. They smell like they just came from the gym, but they did Oh, didn't. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, it happen one stories. Time. Yeah, I it's know, pretty bad. Smell is such a thing, isn't it? Like you can have the be- best time and then you have a bad smell. <laughs> you remember that. You yeah. remember that. Yeah. Oh, girl. So basically, like literally, all the girls are lining up in my head as we're talking about it. Like, oh really? Like, what? Oh, that one smelled bad. That one smelled like. Ooh. <laughs> you know what? It's the same thing <laughs> for girls. Like, I don't yeah, know, Jay, yeah. if you find this, like, a bad aftershave on a guy will put me off. I remember going on a date once, and oh my, I can still smell it. The bad aftershave. Like, oh. It's like the grandpa's one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one it was. Links Africa. Do you know Links Africa mirror? Yeah. When people smell like they've doused themselves in this. Oh, my God. But, yeah, if, if a man smells good, oh, it's game over. Ooh. That's it. We're in love. Yeah. Okay. Even if they don't look good. No, no, no. It smell good. That's it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like hygiene. You know, you're like, okay, you're cl- that means you're clean. Yeah. You know, like, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a good sign. Ruckus Avenue Radio. And what are your yes. turn offs? Like, what does somebody Ooh. have to do? Or is there something that you're just like, no, nah, this is not going to work? Um, when a girl is too egotistic. Yeah. When she's too you egotistic. You that a lot in LA, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's a whole different ball game now. It's just to like, you know, before it was like, you just got to like, you know, maybe have a nice car or just, you know, take her out to dinner. It's completely, mm. it's like, let me see your Instagram. Let me see your bank account. Let me see. It's mm. like a whole different ballgame now. It's hard. It's, it's <laughs> savage. I've noticed that when I was there, like everyone has <laughs> certain places. I remember I went to catch once and we were coming down the lift and these people had like hired photographers to make it look like they were fam- They weren't famous. There was nothing famous about yeah. them. You know what I mean? And like that posing and stuff. I was like, yeah. 
Like I love LA, but that side to it, I'm like, really? Everyone is Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, everyone is Hollywood. That's why when I came out to UK, it was like, it was so different. Everybody was minding their own business, but showing <laughs> so much love. And it was, it was so different. It was, it was dope. I can't wait. This is why though, this is why American guys always like us British girls. Cause so yeah. Facts. <laughs> you guys are honestly famous once you guys come out here. Like guys love your guys' accent, so it's like it's a icebreaker. It I've, is, got it's free a game I've got free Chipotle because of my accident. Um, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> accident. I was like, accident. Hold on, accident. Yeah. Accident. Yeah. Because I didn't know how Chipotle works, and I was so excited. <laughs> and it's the first time I've ever been to America. I got excited about when I saw the cabs, and then when I saw the red cup that everybody uses, and then I saw mm-hmm. Chipotle. And I was like, oh my god, I've got to go. But then I was really nervous because everybody knows how to order in Chipotle, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And he was like, Do you want guacamole? I was like, I don't know. I'm stressed and then as soon as I started talking he was like have you have you not been to Chipotle and I was like no I have not I come from London <laughs> and I don't know what it is when you're in America Mira do you do this yeah. I start sounding very British <laughs> oh my god yeah I don't sound this British <laughs> back home but I was like yeah well yes sir I have not been to this <laughs> land before and, he came <laughs> and forever like I, I was just like that for me I was like Chipotle for life and I just love you guys because <laughs> My first Chipotle experience was amazing. Got free guac. I love it. It's oh, true though. Wow. I put on like a posh British accent. I'm like from the north. That goes out the window. The things I get away with, I can't mention on this show right now. But, you know, it definitely helps. Yeah, Girl. it does. Girl. Um, wait, can we talk about your style now? Because I've noticed that on your Instagram and just like you sitting here, style is a part of your swag and your just your thing. I know yeah. it's a very LA thing, but I don't think I've ever met anyone from Ede that doesn't have this like vibe about them where they just look like they were just born like this. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you, like what inspires you and like how do you what kind of put your, your, your clothes and your style together? Is it I mean, I, LA I do, where you live or? Yeah, it's pretty much like where we're at. It's, we have so much like creative people out here. They kind of do the hard part for you, but you yeah. just gotta be able to put the clothes together. Um, being an, I mean, when I transitioned from being just like a, you know, not an artist to an artist, it was a little bit of a hard transition because I was just so used to being simple, not having the attention on me. I felt like, you know, it felt, it didn't feel right at the beginning, but when I would dress like that and do shows, it wouldn't be a good look for me either. So I kind of just stepped on my swag and I found a stylist and, um, they just, the whole team came together and everyone just, you know, was like, yo, try this, try that. It took about a year. I'm not going to lie. It took about a year for me to get used to, to like get used to being decked out in jewelry and rings. And I was like, man, that's too much. But I started getting comfortable. Everybody took slow steps with me. Like, yo, try this, try that. And then next thing you know, like they swiped out my, my whole Instagram, cleaned it out and we just started fresh. I love that. And do you, do you feel like being Asian and kind of doing the music you kind of do, because it's not like typical Desi music. You're not mm-hmm. doing anything inside the box. You are basically saying, yes, I'm, you know, Desi. I um, mean, yes, I'm Asian, but I've been brought up in America and I, you know, I live in LA and I have all these influences. But were you maybe uh, like worried in the beginning that people would judge you for, for how you look? Because you don't see a lot of, you know, Asian guys doing music mm-hmm. in the industry that is not typically Desi. Yeah. If that makes sense. I yeah. see a lot of it coming now. Like in the last three years, I've seen a lot of kind of 
just an uproar in different types of Asian artists. Like you've got mm-hmm. Desi Trap, you've got like things happening in America with, with rap, I mean, sorry, in India with rap, which is so progressive. But yeah. was you afraid that, you know, people are going to think I'm trying to be black or I'm trying to be white if I make pop music or like, you know, people are not going to get it. Were you, did you have those concerns? I actually, when I first started, I didn't come out as an Indian artist. I just came out as an artist. I never, it's crazy because I'm more like I hang around with Indian people and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're more like, oh, it's the brown thing. Like we've dealt with racist, racism and stuff. So I'm like, damn, like that's crazy because I dealt with it until like high school. But then when I got older, I was like, oh, everybody was just lost and trying to fit in and were confused. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't really count those years. If you're racist to me now, I'm like, hey, well, like, what's wrong? But ever since I got older, like no one really messes with me. Um, mm-hmm. And as I came out as an artist, I think people thought I was Hispanic, I was black, I was Persian, I was Hispanic. Yeah, you get that in America, like they don't really yeah. know where to place you. They just yeah. really like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I never dealt with it. I just went straight out to the clubs. I started performing for artists. And as I, as I was doing all this, when I met my team, like, hey, you're Indian. Like, do you want to do Indian music? I said, my Punjabi is not that good, but I can speak it fluently. But it's not on some Siddhu Musiwala because I can't understand mm-hmm. a word he says but I can have a full on conversation about with auntie about food and India and all that, you know? <laughs> and so we put one and one together to like, yo, that's, that's dope. Let's do it. And then that's when Nakura came out. That was my first Punjabi song I did. Like, that's why I put only a little bit Punjabi. Cause I was like, okay, like, I don't want to like, I don't want people to come at me. Yeah. And be mm-hmm. like, Hey, you don't, you know, you're ruining it. Or what are you saying? So I tried my best, but I was like, no, I'm going to stick to my roots, stay English, but I'll put in, I'll add a little bit of Punjabi in there. It's That's good though, because you do get a good balance. Because like when I like I like your music, I listen to it quite a lot. So I'm like, you've got the right amount of Punjabi in there, and it's still like related yeah. for like us. Because obviously we've grown up in like England, so we've got a good mixture of like Asian culture and British culture. So I like to listen to yeah. hip and Jay. I'm sure you're the same R and B and stuff. But then I do mm-hmm. still a bit of like Punjabi vibes and everything. So I think you've got the right balance. Much love. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's true. On this, on this, back onto like the style and stuff, because like me and Sarah have both had situations where we've turned up on dates and guys have turned up in like dirty t-shirts and sweatpants. So, mm. so we're going to say they need some help out there. Like, what would you say is a go-to look for a first date? Man, a go-to look definitely want to be swagged out, but not too much because you don't want the girl to feel uncomfortable you guys want to have a private moment, I would say. So it's like you don't want everybody looking at you because you're like you got a mohawk and like grills on. You want to look kind of like, you know, you want to look clean. Let her know you're presentable and you can be a gentleman. I feel like the first date should be like you're a gentleman. You know, afterwards, mm-hmm. like you can obviously go all out and, you know, go jet skiing and be wild and stuff. But the first one should just be like, this is who I am. Like, and who are you? Like, just regular conversation. And anything, nothing should be like, why is your hair like that? Why do you smell like that? Why do you look like, you know, it shouldn't be anything about that. So I feel like you should stay kind of under the radar for the first date. Oh, I, like that. I love that. Very like professional dating advice. Yeah. Like, a, you know, come, I, hey, if you come in a suit, you can never go wrong. The only way you can go wrong is if that suit is like your grandpa's suit and it's like not fitted and stuff, you know? So <laughs> I just recommend go to Zara. They you have really good suits. Head, you know, that's fitted. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, like a little collared suit. I like a man. Yeah. Blue or something. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. It's not I like wearing them, like the women's ones, so you know. Like what people you gotta make it your own and feel comfortable. I think that's the most important thing for me. Mm. It's like don't go on a date 
like wearing a tight ass dress that you can't breathe in and you can't oh, yeah. have it, you, know, you can't eat properly. Yeah. You can't and you want to you want to eat. So I mean, if the day goes horrible, at least you eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you don't want to get your free meal, girls. I'm joking. No, don't. <laughs> I'm joking, girls. You're a player. See, we got to worry about you. <laughs> no. I was gonna say split that <laughs> bill, ladies. Free LA, Chipotle. Girls I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the the British accent next time I'm in Chipotle. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, I try, try. You never know. Oh my god, it made my life. Like you know, great things do happen to me. That's <laughs> awesome. that <is laughs> they awesome. do. <laughs> Little yeah, miracles, you know. Yeah. What advice would you give um, somebody like yourself who is you know of Asian background and they love? They're proud of being Indian. They're proud of being Punjabi, also be it. But they don't want to be defined and. They want to maybe go into a creative space like you. What kind of advice would you give? And what things have you learned that you maybe could pass on to somebody listening to this and make their journey a bit easier? I, um, I separated myself from everyone. It was a little hard. Yeah. But the fact that I was able to just be in the room by myself, create by myself, mm-hmm. I didn't have to, you know, meet anybody's expectations or make anyone happy. I just made myself happy. Mm. Um, no point intended, but like I was just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but all my <laughs> um I thought like a layup right for myself. Um just just being by yourself, it, it helps. And then once you're okay being who you are, then it's okay to go to studios with other people and stuff because you know what you're you know what you're comfortable with and what you're not. And yeah. if you're you know in the studio and you're back to back making Punjabi hits, then mm-hmm. do that. Then go out and do that. But if you're forcing it, then you know, try a different way. So definitely I would say start by yourself to really know who you are. Yeah, figure it out. And that's such a journey, isn't it? I've been in so many situations in music myself where it's like, I didn't know who I was. And then Mm -hmm. you give room for people to tell you who you should be and how you should dress. And for a female, especially so much is based on how you look Mm -hmm. and how like, you know, toned you are and how fat your ass looks and how great you look all the time. And it's like, they don't really focus on the talent. Mm -hmm. And they think that if you look a certain way that you don't really have to be able to sing and stuff. But but I was just put in situations where it's like, especially in America, my experience with music in America, I was like, you guys are completely different to the UK scene. And I did, it took me a while to be like, I need to take time to know who I am, build a foundation so nobody can tell me about myself. And it's a really important journey. And that can sometimes take a lifetime, you know, but once you get there, it's like, yes, you feel it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, how you're actually find, happy. It's like real happiness. Like, how do you tend to then, you know what I mean, like zone out and kind of like, do you have like, do you do like meditation or something? Like what keeps you continuously like on those like happy vibes, so to speak? Hmm. I mean, I've, because I've been through so much, I'm very grateful for where I am. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not being grateful, I always think about those times just to kind of humble myself. Okay. But, and I'm, I love, I love being happy. And I feel like it's kind of like being at a wedding. You go to a wedding, you can't have a bad time. You're going to eat great food, great music. Everyone's in a good, you know, good, good airspace. So that's why I make like, I, I try to focus on making pop fun. You would say club type music, because if you play mm-hmm. the music, like I would want you to just start dancing, having fun, like forget about what you're going through and just like kind of be in that kind of airspace in you know, it doesn't have to include if you're obviously getting high and, and doing drugs and doing drinking alcohol because that's like mm-hmm. not that's what actually broke me to find out who I really was and 
Okay. So I still create that. I still party. If anything, I'll party harder than someone is t- really turning up. Yeah. And because that's really who I was, you know. I just mm-hmm. and I now I put it in a creative aspect. Ruckus Avenue Radio. That's true, though. I feel like a lot of the time you can like I don't drink, but I can like like when I've done Coachella and stuff, I'm like the last one standing until like four or five a.m. And it's like you don't. Yeah. And people think they need alcohol. A lot of the time you don't. It's like you know a fun person yeah well i'm the opposite i don't drink at all and then i'm out there dancing like i'm auditioning for beyonce's next video and then people think i'm on stuff and i'm like i'm high off my own energy yeah i'm i feed off of energy and if i'm in any sort of space where and you know music does that that's the power of music that you can listen to a song and you don't care who's in the room you're just there dancing on your own and if you can have that gift where you can be lost in your moment and not care what people think, which is a very difficult thing to do in this mm. day and age, um, then you're onto something. Because that is like what it's like to be a child. That's what they talk yes. about. Yes, I was about just about to say that. Keeping your inner child alive, yeah. I just, I'm always dancing to my own music. Mira knows, like. Yeah, same. I you, like, you have like, to. And that's the blessing of getting older as well. You learn that more yeah. and more. Because you don't really need, I think a lot of people feel like they need something to do that and you don't, like you don't need alcohol. Like obviously if people want to drink, fair play to them, but I guess. Yeah. Well, look at the society that we're in, it's numbing, yeah, isn't it? It's numbing. people find it weird. People want to escape, yeah, yep. like Very the true. reality that they're in. So yes. I'm, I'm not opposed to like people smoking, drinking, living a good yeah, life. Yeah, do what you want to do. Yeah, definitely it's a problem when you're using those things as a mean to connect to that vibe. That vibe mm. should always be you yeah. and you should yeah. connect with yourself. Do you know it's what I mean? Like so. Yeah, rather yeah than I love that. Or like peer pressure or something. You know, where a lot of people feel they have to drink, but they don't like to. It's like, just yeah. if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you do, like, fair play, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? That's very true. And because I've actually firsthand, I like, did do the whole, like, when I'm at the studio, I'm going to drink. So, okay. Mm-hmm. From one studio, we got to go to another studio. Okay, well, I'm already kind of tipsy. Now I'm over there. Now I'm drunk over there. So mm-hmm. what kind of vibe do I have? And I would completely ruin the whole session. And I'm just like, okay, so how do they do it? Like everyone turns up at studios. So I was trying to do what they show on they TV doing, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and it didn't work for me. Yeah. And then <clears throat> if you're a female, it's a completely opposite thing. I think, I think in studios, like they, they create this vibe for you where it's like you're in a party. So it's about having cute girls, having, you know, you know, weed mm-hmm. or drink or whatever, having an entourage there that have yeah. nothing to do with recording music. Um, <laughs> and for a man, it's like a cool thing. It makes you look cool. But for a female, it's completely different. Like, you can't do anything. You can, and then, yeah, you, you then you hear all those stories about female artists completely going off the rails. Because I'm like, yeah, because we are told that you have to look like Mother Teresa, even if you are a hip-hop artist and you like twerking and this and that, but you can't do drugs, you can't do this, doesn't look cool. So it's just so, it's so interesting how music industry creates different environments depending mm-hmm. on like who you are yeah. and like what sex you are but good on you for staying you know true to who you're, yourself and experiences teach us everything and i'm sure mm-hmm. you know that going yeah. through a lot of things earlier in your career yeah. has probably saved you from being a hot mess later mm-hmm. in your career and mm-hmm. it, good on you for also being honest and talking to other people about this and being so open on our show because somebody listening will think that oh yeah turning up is all about doing drugs and you know being around these girls and party and this and and you're showing people that no actually it's about knowing yourself it's about loving yourself it's about knowing that you have all of that within yourself and you don't have to prove anything to anybody and I think that's a really powerful message to give I'm sure somebody out there who needs it 
Yeah. And while you do all that, just spray some cologne on. Smell good at the same hey! time. Hey! <laughs> hey! The spirit of The tips. Oh, that's actually really good advice, actually, you know, because the amount of people that don't turn up with deodorant and stuff. Um, so finally then, what would you say is your number one dating rule? Like, what would you tell people? From everything I've been through, from all the relationships I screwed up on, you have to just be honest from day one. You just mm -hmm. be truthful of who you are. You don't have to tell them everything, but you don't have to lie either. So mm -hmm. when you like first, I was a kid, I would flex extra hard and, you know, borrow my friend's car and borrow, you know, my dad's watch. And I'm like, bro, you're 16. Show, like everybody yeah. knows this is not your stuff, but like, yeah. you know, it just, it worked for that day, but it's not going to work for the week, you know? So mm -hmm. I would just say, be truthful. And if it's meant to be, it's going to work out. Amen. I feel like though, a lot of the time girls can tell whether someone's trying to impress them. Like I think like, yeah. you speak as well. I think like, we personally prefer it if a guy's just being himself rather than trying to be something that he thinks we're going to like. Because we obviously like them to initially because they're themselves. It makes them unique, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some guys out there that really are like Malibu's Most Wanted. They're just like a white guy. <laughs> yeah, and a black girls guy. that are like that as well. So don't get twisted. I just yeah. think there's somebody for everybody. So depending yeah. on if you're like on that vibration, there's someone for you. If you're on exactly. a different there's someone yeah. for you. But yep. yeah, don't try and go into a date attracting someone on some vibe and then you come there in like a three-piece suit with your little dog and your gold chains like yeah. it's not that just be yourself 100 percent. very yeah. important message coming from happy sing to all the people out there listening who need help yeah given the tips today so we've got to like wrap up now because it's coming to an end it's been an absolute pleasure but do you just want to like plug your like social and stuff i'm sure everyone's across anyway but for those that aren't familiar they can like follow you and listen to your music because it's fab yeah thank you so much yeah my instagram is happy sing music and for my twitter it's the same way but music is not spelled with a c at the end it's with a k at the end <laughs> checking out that beard as well ladies check it out yes, yes. check out the music it's... check out the beard and check out all the other wise wisdom wisdom he has for all you men out there that need it clearly yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you, thank you for thank having you. me they see me rolling they hating patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty 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 it's that time of the show where we dish out the advice. Yep, we are channeling our inner cool Auntie G's. Mira, hit us up with the dilemma of the week, girl. Okay, so our dilemma from the week is from a male listener called Andrew in Essex. <laughs> I know, right? Big up the men there. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he says, hi, Auntie G's. I'm a white male and I'm seeing... <laughs> I know, right? Just in case you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, it actually sets the scene, so I guess it's good he said. He's basically seeing a girl from South Asian, South Asia background, Bangladeshi to be mm -hmm. precise. Um mm -hmm. all going good, but her family don't know about him. He doesn't want to cause any problems with her family, but at the same time, it would be great to be in a relationship without constantly worrying what her family would think and if they're gonna find out. So he wants to eventually meet them, but he's not sure whether he should just break it off now because it's kind of early stages and save any potential heartache. What would you do? Go on, Jaya. Oh, a lot. Andrew I know, yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> I know. Um, 
first of all, I get it because Bangladeshi girls, can I just tell you, they're an actual problem. They're so fine. So I get it. Yeah. I absolutely get it. You're risking it all for this one, aren't you? Um, Mira, what would you say? I don't know. Like, this you know is so what? Tough. Hard, I think, okay, go on. I'll go first this time. Let's mix it up today. Um, mm-hmm. I think he kind of, so the thing with like, from past experience and stuff, I would say, I think family is so important. I think when you're going in a relationship, you kind of have to go in with your eyes open rather than thinking, oh, it's going to work out. We're going to have a happy ending. It's not like interracial relationships. If your family are not approving from the get go and if hers isn't, it is going to be struggle. It's going to be a lot of work. And if you're not, because it's early stages, you do need to, before you involve or tell a family, you kind of need to figure out, do I see a future? Is Does she have yeah. I'm looking for? Like, and is, is this a relationship that can actually, you know, we can turn it into something bigger rather than, oh, she's attractive, oh, yeah, you know, young love kind of vibes? Because if, it, if you're not feeling it, I honestly think you just need to kind of stop the relationship. You need to cut it because as horrible as that sounds, me saying it basically, because I just think like if she's not ever going to tell her family as well, that's something she needs to do. And that's the work she needs to do. It's not really necessarily on you at this stage. So you kind of need to find the vibe out if she's not ever feeling that she needs to tell her family. Cause a lot of the time, yeah, I think you need to have these discussions with her. And then if she just says, no, she's not going to have that conversation with her family. And if you don't actually, you know, you don't really see this going anywhere, then you just both need yeah, to You need friends. to just cut it from the get-go. But I yeah. think that, do you know what, it's, as Asian women, it's like, I'm not introducing no one to my parents unless you're proposing to me. Like, do you yeah. think I'm going to be introducing every man that I'm dating? Like, some of my parents going to know I'm on home. I don't think so. <laughs> so, um, no, like, you have to understand when you're dating someone from an Asian background, it's not like white culture. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I've just met Andrew in the pub and then come over for dinner and meet my whole family. It don't work like that. Mm-hmm. So you need to have this discussion with her. Yes, if she flat out says, Andrew, you're never going to meet my mom and you're never coming over for a curry, then okay, then you deal with that when you get to that. But mm-hmm. I think if you're early on in the relationship, I think it's a bit too quick to be like, oh no, I'm just going to break up with her because it's never going to happen. And I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I want to meet her parents. It don't work like that in Asian communities, babe. Like, mm-hmm. unless it's serious, you're talking about engagement or moving in, then you're not going to meet my parents. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. You kind of need to, I think also, so you do need to understand the culture. You can't just go into something. And I think that is actually something I've learned. I think when you're dating someone out your race, it is there's cultural differences. And I think you kind of need to be aware of that. And I think that's the difference now trying to date in my own race there's certain things that are just easier. Like you don't need to have these conversations. I don't need to worry because they'd get it. There's so many other things. And I think like, if you're not, you do need to understand if you're like, you just need to understand each other's cultures and you need to speak it out. I love a conversation. Talk it out. Yeah. So have that conversation, Andrew, have like, you know, have a realistic understanding of what's going to happen and then make a decision, but don't just, you know, just cause she's feeling a way about, introducing you to her you know auntie g and uncle g now doesn't mean that further on the relationship that that won't change but i get i get what he's saying is like i don't want to start falling in love with this girl and yeah. she's like you can't come over but you've got to have these discussions and you've got to have some realistic expectations of what it's like to date in an interracial relationship and also why don't you follow um our friends amit and michelle who have a whole yeah. page of things yeah about this and we've had a whole episode that we did for this as well 
that's good shout that. And you know, if you really want to meet two Asian aunties, just hit us up and we'll go for dinner. What you yeah, like. just DM my Andrew. Let us know what's going on. We'll help yeah, you. That is a wrap. Well, hopefully that helps, Andrew. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling and trying to kiss me riding dirty. 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 Well, that's a wrap. Hit us up on social at Up Your Game Show or email us at upyourgame at ruckersavenueradio.com with all your relationship and dating dilemmas because we're going to help you out. And we shall see you next Tuesday at the same time on Ruckus Avenue Radio on Dash Radio Exclusive. We are going to leave you guys with some of our favourite tracks from Happy Sing. Enjoy! Stop you, baby. You know you got this, baby. Drop that low now, drop that low. Jalan want to get the ball. Get out of my love, baby. Girl made in my love, baby. Not your love, do not your love. Get that ballet, shawty on me. How you do that thing? You got me, I ain't funny. No, you that sexy thing. I'm really wanting. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, do punch up, Mary.
want me, I just wanna make you baby Sweet like you honey, girl, you go down me Body like a drum, bitty, bitty, bomb, bomb So you sippin' on the run, no, you tryna go dumb One shot, two shots, go, you take it to the dome Three shots, four shots, tell me how you getting home Getting home now Body daddy, yaggy on a ball day Shawty actin' out, he wanna full play Danza que to hay quien te no sé Que ni son ni tu vi on a horde Cause you got your angles, you don't play You the bad way, you lookin' in your pics, got me sprung See my money tango on the lay, on the lay Cootie leggy, mira de lo meridian Shawty, drop it down Avenue Radio at dashradio.com and download the Dash Radio app for complete access 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to our station.